so good to have you back with us for another week. And um, hi, Zoe. Hey, Jenna. Hi. And um, we are sitting here just absolutely buzzing because we've got such a good friend here with us today. Um, Matt Beckenham, we love you and we've had you on here a few times, so hopefully people know who you are. But welcome back. (laughs) (laughs) It's great to be back. Uh, I love hanging out with you two. I love the passion that you both carry and the excitement you have for the kingdom. And so, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And we, um, you can probably hear from Matt's accent there that he's got that Aussie twang. So um, <laughs> we had the privilege, because we met online, the two of us met you online mm. um, a couple of years ago now, and we had the privilege of meeting in person a few months ago. So how good was that? <laughs> yeah, so good. Watch out for our um, socials. We'll post that little photo of our little gathering and we got to meet Trish as well. It was yeah, just the best wife. time. So, oh, what a, what a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was to sit at a table with you guys, and um, it was just just a joy to to laugh, to chat, mm-hmm. to listen, and just to be present. It was just yeah. the best. We have to do that again soon, yeah. I reckon. Yeah, sounds Absolutely. good. Absolutely. And then, for, um, oh, god, gosh, we're jumping in there. You go for it, Jenna. I was just going to say, in full transparency, there were also a lot of tears. I know I always cry at things like this. So. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I was just going to say, it's just a super cold day as well. Um, Here in New Zealand, it's already started. In Australia, it's happening and around the world. But today is actually um, the Day of Atonement, which is part of the, you know, the Hebrew New Year, Rosh Hashanah. And um, it's a real special day. So I think what a privilege, Matt, to have you with us on a day where we know God's anointing. is in the space that he's doing something that he's speaking something I just really feel it's so significant it's a day where we come and you know we really honor God and and Jesus for what he's done for us and so um, I'm even more expectant of God to move so powerfully through what you're going to release from your heart over us today and so bring it on (laughs) oh it's so good so okay let's get into it Matt we're gonna cut to the chase now you are about to release your very first book Mm. and um Zoe and I have had the privilege of having a wee glimpse of it before it goes out so why don't you tell us about it tell us about why you've written and what you've written about yeah it's it's been a project that's been in my spirit for a few years and um, lots of people have been saying to me over the years that I should write. And mm-hmm. I think there was an internal battle initially because I'm not an author is the phrase that was uh, continually going around my mind. And uh, I was hopeless at English at school, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, doing lectures and things at college where I had to write essay papers. Oh, I, I was the worst. Uh, it was just such a it was way more frustrating than it was helpful for me. Uh, And so writing a book, um, I think initially it was in that too hard basket, but it would be lovely to do. And then I guess a a few years ago, I just started writing. I just started putting down thought after thought after thought. And, and then prophetic words started flowing in about this book and about what I'm doing and uh, some of the questions I'm asking and the theologies that I'm challenging that sometimes have been held as mainstream. And um, over the last couple of years, particularly through COVID, 
Uh, I felt like God was asking some really large questions around life, around design, uh, and often around the way that I believed what I believed. And so I sat with him for a bunch around the concept of our original design. And this book is all about going back to Eden and not just to the fall. We go beyond that to not the original sin, but the original relationship that was formed with Adam and Eve and with God. And so I'm pulling that part and looking at some of the fundamentals of what God gave to them and then seeing that play out through the rest of God's story in the Bible and then seeing how that played out in my life. And so, yeah, so there's a lot of thought bubbles that have become uh, written pages, and I'm really interested to see where uh, God takes this and the questions that God raises in each of our lives as well. Oh, oh, good. oh that's so good. Well, well, we'll get right in there and tell you that the book is called Eden's Blueprint. Mm. <laughs> so we want you to get hold of one of those. Um, the official launch date, Matt, is the, the 10th of the 10th. Yeah. um is that right yeah coming up yep. at, there's one place you can go two places you can go and get your book why don't you tell the listeners even straight away before we <laughs> jump into a few more exciting questions that we have for you <laughs> absolutely so uh you can get my book through my own website that's greaterthingsinternational.com uh, at the moment it's uh pre-order but i'm guessing by the time you guys are listening to this it'll be live uh, and so um yeah we've taken a bunch of pre-orders through there already on the 10th of the 10th it'll be going live on amazon as well um, both as a paperback hardback uh, editions but also an ebook edition there is not yet an audio book but it's coming uh, and it's uh, just takes time and all that sort of stuff so yeah it's in it's in the pipeline and it's coming but so yeah so they can find it through my website or through amazon Amazing. And hang on a second. If you could just see, sorry, on my face is being said the audio book. Are you going to record that for yourself? Is it you yeah. speaking? Oh, cool. <laughs> that's, that's the plan. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's various parts of the book too. And as you guys have seen, there's a, there's a parable or a story on the front and the back of the book, which I'm thinking of maybe uh, dramatizing that a little bit and uh, getting some other voices involved. But for the majority of the book, that's what I'll, I'll be doing. Amazing, amazing. <laughs> I just, um, before we even carry on, I'm just thinking, because you said that you had these thoughts starting to come and you said that you sat with God with them for a while and wrestled with, you know, some of the things that were coming up. What is that, just so that we can know <laughs> where it all came from, what does that look like for you? Because I know we, our sitting with God looks different, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think, Jenna, for me, so much of what you hear in churches and even some of our belief systems and theologies that we've had, we hear phrases like um, live life in all of its fullness. And I love that phrase. It's mm -hmm. one of the reasons why we're launching it on uh, the 10th of the 10th. Mm -hmm. But what does it mean? And I want to take people in the deep end of this, these kind of thoughts. What does this actually mean for my life? today what is the fullness of god like what does that look like uh, and so in some cultures it can look vastly different from others and uh, i want to show them what it might have looked like in the bible times but also what it demonstrates and looks like in mine and so being full of the holy spirit what does that mean uh, and so again allowing people to ask some of the questions you know, in churches, sometimes people are scared to ask them, like, will I look like an idiot if I ask that? Will I look like a fool? 
I love questions. And this whole book is made up of a whole range of those questions in my life, mm. in my journey. What does grace look like? What does forgiveness look like? What does shame look like? And then seeing what the spirit of God would do each in each of those things, both biblically, but also in my own journey and my own life. And so hopefully people will be able to use this stuff presently today. Mm. What a freedom to ask the questions. And I think that you're, well, you're right. That um, I think as people in general, we're terrified of asking questions <laughs> that yeah. in any because we've, I think these can be wrapped up in the imposter syndrome. You know, if I ask this, what will people think of me? I'm meant to be in this place of, you know, in any area, even in, in business, in the workplace or in parenting, I'm meant to know what I'm doing. What if I ask this, they'll see that I don't really know. <laughs> mm. So I think that um, it really brings, it comes from vulnerability, doesn't it? It has to be, we have to embrace the fact that, um, we don't know things. Actually, sorry, I've got a little quote on my wall here from someone. Christian perfection is our ability to include, forgive, and accept our imperfection. Hmm. And I think that's what it comes down to with being able to ask questions. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's great, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And, and, you know, Matt, this, your book is just full of so much wisdom, just flowing out lots of biblical references and asking some of those questions and really like putting you in a place to, to challenge some of those thoughts. And I know, um, you know, our journey with you, that is something that you've really allowed us to do. And I'm so thankful for that. I just want to thank you for that, for allowing, I know there's been times when, when Jenna and I've sat on just a call with you and you've allowed us to, um, ask some questions in pain in places of um happiness and places where we're really confused and frustrated and so um I think how you've God has um worked through you to build relationship and bring that safe space is really incredible so this book is just that next level right to you know to to take that conversation even further mm which is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think uh, Zoe, that's part of my heart's desire too. Cause like there's some pretty vulnerable parts of my story that I've put into this, some of my own failures that have been quite cataclysmic. And uh, part of my uh, journey through these questions has been asking them in those dark Valley moments when mm. it feels like everything has fallen apart around you. And uh, like every prophetic word you've ever got seems to be in tatters on the ground and, mm -hmm. And everything of the Bible um, becomes these challenging statements because you're not seeing the fruit that we're supposed to be seeing. And then like as a pastor, you'd have to turn up at church on a Sunday and be bulletproof, be shiny, and everyone <laughs> needed to see the best version of yourself. And I got tired of it. That's mm. not, it's not life. It's not, it's not reality. And so I started coming to grips with the concept that I don't know everything. Mm. Uh, and therefore I can start asking questions myself. And it's when you ask questions of religion, um, like you usually get voices that come straight back on you because there's generations of why we've believed what we believed. Uh, well, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> like I want to be a person that is able to have people ask me questions of the things that I believe and mm. hold on to and not feel like I'm going to jump down their throat if they believe something that I don't I feel mm. that's Jesus I feel that's all about what the Holy Spirit would be wanting each of us to be doing mm. 
And uh, so, yeah, so this book, there's some vulnerable parts in it. And there's times, Zoe, where I've just gone, oh, have I been too vulnerable? And <laughs> and because, uh, again, you know, when you put your story out there, you're trusting people are going to be nice with that. Uh, yeah. But at other times you just go, well, I don't know. So I'm trusting yeah, God with it, I guess. Well. Absolutely, yeah, and that's and that's what we do. I mean, if you've heard Jenna on here, we're pretty much the same. <laughs> Good, <laughs> pretty pretty right and vulnerable. Well, it leads me to one question that I know um that Jenna and I have had, and it's actually a really topical discussion at this at the moment. But um, Jenna, do you want to say the question because it's like one that we both have on our heart that's come mm-hmm. from your book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. One question that you asked me is um, what does rest look like you talk about rest being a part of the original design which I just even would love if you want to unpack that a little bit and you talk about what does rest look like when God rested he made himself at home and just the revelation that came for you from that and yeah yeah. (laughs) you know most of my revelations I don't know how it works for you two but they usually come the hard way yeah. <laughs> I'm not relatable at all. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Yep. Yep. Uh, I, I had to burn out three times before I realized what rest should look like. And um, and all jokes aside, I, I, w- I would love to say to pastors who are thinking of going into any concept of pastoral ministry, I'd love to have a conversation with them first about rest. I think the lesson number one of anyone who ever wants to do something for the kingdom of God we've got to talk about rest mm-hmm. first. Uh, so much of our world, we strive towards rest rather than start from rest. Mm-hmm. And so we feel like we have to earn our rest. And so I've worked really hard, therefore I deserve mm. rest. And so often in our world, we get so busy that rest becomes that negotiable part of our life. And so I haven't got time for a holiday is what I hear. I haven't got time to spend with my kids. I haven't got time to spend with my wife or my husband or my partner. And so we start valuing relationships via time rather than presence. Mm. And see, inside of that then for me becomes a problem because we are no longer then working with our original design. And our original design starts from this place of rest. So God rested. And I often say to people, can we just unpack that word a little bit? Because the Hebrew understanding of the word is not just to sit around and do nothing. It's very much connected with the word of abode or home. And and that's where I get this concept that when God rested, he made himself at home. And then people go, what does that look like? Because that sounds like a metaphor. Well, it is. So let's have a look at the Bible and discover what it looks like for God to make himself at home. In Genesis chapter three, God walks in the cool of the evening with those that he is in relationship with. And when I heard that drop into my brain, I'm like, this is rest, learning to love the people that God has placed around us and to love God. What do I do with that? So it means I need to see the people, to understand them, to rest with them. Because it's not just about my rest, it's about Trisha's rest. Like when I'm sitting with you two at a table, I'm walking in the cool of the evening with Jenna and Zoe in a place of 
rest into place of relationship. What does that look like? Well, I lo- I know that Jenna loves the mystical component of the kingdom of God, and she loves to understand and unpack and unpack that stuff. And so when I'm sitting with her, I want to connect that mystical part of my spirit with hers. But with Zoe, man, she's all about the Holy Spirit. And so when I'm sitting with Zoe, there's something about that conversation that I just so much want to get into that groove and that rhythm with. And when we're doing that together, the rest actually manifests itself. We walk away from those moments knowing that we've been seen, known, loved, and we miss those moments when they've gone because something of a part of our spirit has been working as its design is supposed to be working. Uh, so when I led a church, though, it was the opposite way around. So if Jenna and you you and Zoe came to my church, I'd be going, okay, what's Jenna here for? Um, God's brought her here for a purpose. We've got to find what that purpose is. And all of a sudden, we've got Jenna doing kids' church ministry. <laughs> right? <laughs> And so you would be doing the same thing and it's the wrong way around. And so I found myself as a church leader, and this is confessions of pastor moment, (laughs) is that I wasn't operating from rest. I was operating from vision. Mm. I was operating from achievement. I was operating from success. I was not operating from rest. Mm. So, yeah, it's a long answer to your question there. But uh, for me, it's the place we start from and we operate from it's not a reward that we get because we've worked hard. It's our very design. Think about the disciples. Where did they where did they strive while they were with Jesus? They didn't. Where are we going to eat tonight? Was that the biggest striving moment that they actually seemed to get into? Rather than then, okay, you have to do this, you have to do that. The moment Jesus sent them out with his authority to do what? The things that they were designed to do. And when they did them, they came back praising God, just going, Jesus, you would not believe the things that we saw. And Jesus is like, try me. Mm. You know, it's all design. (laughs) And I love this. And if we could actually work with people's design, we would see more of the Holy Spirit than we could possibly imagine but if i've got to get everyone to work like i do which is often the vision of a pastor then we're just operating out of one very small space of one person's ability and design so yeah it's a long answer to question but that's there's so much to me for me about rest and mm-hmm. till the day i die i will be encouraging people to start from rest so good mate Oh my gosh. And I think you guys, I was going to say, I was just like, I had this picture and it was for me and for anyone else. I felt like shrapnel, even like bullets that were like in my skin had just like been. (laughs) So he just flicked your headphones out and that. So like the shrapnel, they there's a lot of passion happening. Oh maybe gosh, it's gosh. maybe it's part, maybe that's prophetic, Zoe. That the things that are in our ears, the things that we're hearing, like oh, trying gosh. to trying to tell us that we gosh, can't I, rest, <laughs> get rid of them. Yeah, it was like just being like coming off my body, like and I don't know if it's, it's for somebody else. It was like this freedom of things that have been stuck there were just being released, and like, um, and I just think, wow, God wow god that is just so freeing Matt. i feel like you've answered even some of my questions that jenna and i've had around rest and like how do we actually do this thing because you know jobs are still got to get done and how does how do we rest when you know there's a kingdom you know and god's working but but we do it i think you know like i love that matt you've gone on a journey to get there and it's um yeah it's not something that happens overnight but we're learning to to grow Mm -hmm. in that love 
Yeah. <laughs> if I can just jump in on that too, just for one more mm. moment. Um, rest happens in, uniquely with people and you can't generalize mm. it. And so wow. if I'm hanging out with, with Jenna, it's different from when I'm hanging out with Zoe. In churches, we generalize a lot because we, we're there for the masses rather than for the person. And if that's what you're doing church for, that's fine. But for me, it's not about the masses. It's about the person who sits right in front of me. And I gain more rest from hanging out with those that I'm in relationship with than standing in front of many people or with many people. And that could be the introverted part of who I am. But I think uh, we are all designed to do this thing called rest uniquely. And it's helping people understand what that actually is for them. It's just, um, it's so good, mate. Thank you. And I think and I think that it, this feels like one of those conversations where, gosh, I just want to, no, no, I can see Zoe doing the same. I just want to absorb every conversation with you <laughs> like this. I just want to absorb what you're saying. want to be like, oh, you've lived this and walked this. I want to just reap the benefits <laughs> myself right now. But, you know, we can sit here and we can agree with this and people can listen to this and be like, yes, that's what I've been wanting as well. This is putting language to my heart's desire right now but it's a very different thing to live this out and um and I think what you said in there rest is learning to love the people around us I mean you said so many good good things that I'm going to go back and listen to this as well but rest is learning to love the people around us I'm just thinking because I know for a fact just from conversations I've been having that there's a lot happening in people's homes right now um possibly from busyness, but I know marriages are hard. I know parenting is hard right now. And that that statement, rest is learning to love the people around us. I know it goes to all areas of life, but I'm just thinking even in the home right now, rest is learning to love the people around us. How does, how does rest come to your marriage, to your family? <laughs> it's learning again to, yeah. I wonder if you've got any thoughts on that at all. Yeah, I do. Absolutely, I do. See, for me, for Trish, to love her well is to see her. Mm. And not, ex like we have a language around losing the place of expectation or assumption and just allowing us to see each other. What does that mean? Well, for me, that means to be able to see the person who is Trish. The beauty within is discovered when you start to understanding who she is so she has an extraordinary heart of compassion and empathy she's able to connect with people so powerfully and strongly when you speak to a person's identity in truth you watch them come alive and so like even with you jenna when i first met you uh, to discover the person and all that you're carrying in the kingdom of god and there are some significant challenges that you have walked through that you've allowed me to walk with you in and I've seen somebody with extraordinary resilience, extraordinary perseverance, extraordinary faith. And this is who you are. And when I talk with you about who you are, there's something inside of you that starts coming alive because this is now not just Jenna, the podcast brilliant human that you are. <laughs> this is the woman of God that knows what it is to walk through dark valleys. And she sits brilliantly at feast tables but she brings with her all that she's gleaned, all that she's learned. 
And you find that when people are talking to you like this, Jenna, I don't know if you're sensing it right now, mm. but there is a deep sense of rest that lands on your spirit to go, you know that you've been loved. Mm. This is the concept for me of connection. So what happens in churches though, for me, and again, I always, uh, these are my own revelations, my own mistakes. So I'm not generalizing mm. anyone else's expression of church, just mine. Mm. You call someone brilliant. You call someone awesome. You call someone phenomenal. They're great words, but what do they mean if you call everyone in your church those things? They, they lose their value. So Jesus, he comes across a guy, a guy by the name of Nathaniel. Now, we don't know a whole bunch about him. Um, like Philip comes along and says, we found the Messiah. And Nathaniel's like, where's he from? Galilee. What good thing ever came out of Galilee? Now, that's how <laughs> Jesus met him. Mm. Right. So what does Jesus do? Nathaniel. And he calls him a true son of Israel. Mm. He cuts through all of the assumption, all of the expectation, even the offense. And he speaks to Nathaniel's spirit. And Nathaniel right there, right then goes, that's it. This is the Messiah. I'm on board. Let's go. So what's happened there? Jesus has spoken to who he is. He has taken the time to see. And that moment for me is a rest moment. That moment for me is I feel loved. Mm. Fast forward to the end of the Gospel of John. Peter, who's suffering from shame because he's let Jesus down. How does Jesus draw him back into conversation? He doesn't say, what the heck did you do that for? <laughs> he doesn't lay out all of his sins and all of it. Peter knew all that. You didn't have to be reminded of that. And I wonder why at times in churches we have to remind people of all their sin. We don't. People know that. <laughs> yes. What, what does Jesus do? Do you love me, bro? Mm. And he draws him back into relationship by the language of the heart connection that he had with Peter. And what's the end, end result? Well, they had a brilliant breakfast. They were back in relationship. And Peter was now back on track and on song with all that Jesus was wanting him to do. Mm. oh oh guys that is just a bit of a taster also of a part of the book called um eden moments and matt has got more more encounters biblical encounters like this that he just breaks open of the beauty of the father's heart you know he's always speaking and he's always bringing us back to that point of love and i just love <laughs> love the way our minds have been shifted and shaped man it actually brings me back to um, one of my other favorite quotes in your book little little another little snippet and you say each time we love the kingdom of god advances and is released hmm. every single time <laughs> <laughs> yep each time we love and isn't it crazy how using a real life example there like I don't know if you saw but even as you were saying those incredibly encouraging words to me <laughs> um I literally took a deep breath and just like <sighs> like my whole posture changed and settled and felt present <laughs> um and isn't that just you know the advancement of the kingdom that bringing that rest it was it's like I've never thought about love as rest before but it does it was like a physical response in my body to hear those words being spoken that I didn't have any control over and only recognize after the fact so what a what a powerful um we can all do this we can all 
love well and look for people to find their rest yeah it's wow. so true see one of the things uh jenna if i can just tap into that one of the one of the concepts in churches is that we don't teach people how to love themselves well mm. we teach people how to serve and usually that means dying to self is the phrase that we put there and I, we could do another whole podcast on on how annoyed I am at how poorly that has been uh, exegeted. Um, <laughs> if I can just say that out loud. Um, Come alive, everybody. Get out of here first. Yeah. Stop dying is what I'm trying to say. Start living. Yeah. Now, what would it look like if we taught our children in Sunday school how to love themselves well? Mm. What, what do we teach them? the Ten Commandments, the Bible stories, and they're all good and everything. But what would it look like if we actually started with Jesus' great commission to us, love others as I have loved you? Mm. What would the generations look like? How would, we, uh, how would we grow? How would we change when we're teaching our children that loving themselves well is actually going to be a manifested moment of God on the planet because I think every time we love, God is seen. Whenever anyone ever says to me, how do you, how can you see God? I say to them, can you see love? And they say, yeah, I can see love for well, God is love. So every time you see it, understand God is present and God is seen. So what would it look like to teach our children how to love themselves well? Now, I don't know about you guys, but here in Australia, if you said that you loved yourself back in the 70s and 80s, <laughs> you'd probably get beaten up. Um, <laughs> Tall poppy, get back down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And so that's and that's the truth, isn't it? That's the truth of it. So we have our, our whole culture set up around that we don't love ourselves. Mm. And then we wonder why our culture is all going strange places today, or even our churches, our youth. We've not taught them to love themselves well. And even us as adults, well, how do we do that? Well, here's a little another, another little secret. When you learn to love yourself well, you can actually rest well. Mm. Right, that's, Gosh, say that again. That is yeah. good. When you learn to love yourself, when you learn to love yourself well, you can rest well. And so, again, the essence of rest is in the concept that God is love. And so, rest, and you can have all different concepts of it. But for me, restoration occurs when I'm in a place of love. Now, how many people in our culture today aren't in safe relationships? Our children aren't in safe families. They don't know love or the concepts of love are so screwed up that when they get to become adults, they're just modeling the behavior that they were given. All this to say is what would it look like if as believers, we empowered our children to learn what it is to love themselves well, to, to know who they are, to know the gold that they carry, to, to know the one that God created in that little child. And it's one of the joys in uh, the Greater Things community. And as you guys have seen, is the way we speak into children. Why do mm. we do it? Because we want them to know the love that they carry, the love that they're designed for, and the love that they're designed to walk in. When you see that happen, you don't have to tell them you're loving yourself well. It just happens. Mm. And you guys know when you're in a healthy relationship, good things occur. You can adventure. Mm. 
you can stretch, mm. you can go places you've never been before because you've learned to trust and you've learned to love well. Mm. So good. And I just want to, um, I'm just thinking as you're saying, there's so many different thoughts, but there's that whole idea, Zoe and I talk about a bit about how, um, you know, and I know you do too, that the prophetic isn't flattery. So teaching children to love themselves well, because I think probably I grew up in the 90s of being told you can do anything, <laughs> you know, the world's your oyster. You know, that was the turning point in culture, I think, in, through my childhood of um, when we're all winners. Nobody's yeah. nobody's better than the other one. We're all, this, you know, but we're, but we're all great. It wasn't, mm-hmm. we're not. It's that there's yep. no winners because we all win. <laughs> and so I'm just hearing teaching to let our children to love themselves well it's not saying it's not like this puffed up flattery thing it's actually like you said it's teaching them that exactly as they are and all of their human flaws that Jesus sees them and he loves them despite everything else that's that's what I'm hearing from you right yeah 100 mm. percent. and you see and and you guys have seen it when a child knows that they're loved the prophetic release of the holy spirit through them <laughs> is off the chain like it's mm. just you sit back and just go i got nothing to say right now because these kids <laughs> are saying it all um it is the most extraordinary thing to watch uh, mm. when kids are creative and when you start seeing the holy spirit manifest so powerfully through it you, st- you see miraculous things start occurring that for people who are much older in the faith are wishing would happen there in their own life. And these kids are just like, it's what we do. Mm. So amazing. So amazing. I love, um, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I'm maybe like those, I'm very practical. So like, I'm like, okay, man, like, how do you actually do this? And I know we, you know, we'll probably start wrapping up our conversation pretty soon, but like, cause we want, we don't want to tell you all the secrets of this book. You got to go <laughs> get it. I'm like, we could talk about it all day, but we really want you guys to go out there and get it and really be blessed. And, and, and I know cause of there's so much treasure in there for you. Um, but I was like, how does this practically look? Because my mind's thinking like, how do you do this, Matt? Like actually love people well. I mean, like really the practice, it's, what does it look like on one-on-one? You're, where does it start? Um, does that make sense? The kind of question yeah. I'm asking? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And I think learning to love yourself well, like, and I guess you guys know, it's sometimes it's dealing with some of your own, own questions and own unbelief. And you just and you learn grace. You're learning grace for yourself, uh, and that was a hard one for me too. Because again, a recovering perfectionist, you have very little grace for yourself. And um, and when my life and you can read it in the book, when it all fell apart, I learned grace. I learned to receive grace from people that I didn't deserve it from, and my world started shifting when grace started uh, infiltrating mm-hmm. these parts of my spirit. I couldn't control it. I couldn't control what other people thought of me, both for good and and for ill. But when you start feeling the power of grace start changing you, it gives you a grace for other people as well. And so I found myself sitting in the front of some of the most hardest of people to sit in front of and discovering God inside of them somewhere. And so whether that person was an extraordinary abuser, there was one point, even a pedophile, another guy who who confessed to me that he'd murdered. Um, and you sort of sit there with them and just going, I can see your heart. Now, it takes 
it took me time to listen to those places because I knew that as a young kid, I wasn't listened to. And so I discovered that in me wanting to be listened to, I needed to listen to others. Yeah. In listening to others, I believe the spirit of God gives you the understanding of the people who are sitting in front of you mm. and you can actually see the journey that they walk through. And like, I, if I can share one story around that, there was one man a couple of years ago who, who came into my office when I was in still in ministry and he, uh, he was in an awful state. A person said, you need to go and see this guy. He was not a believer. He sat on my couch and he told me some of the most awful things, um, the addictions that he carried and he was weeping. Like he was absolutely weeping. Mm -hmm. And when he finished and ran out of words, I said to him, mate, you've got a really compassionate heart. Mm -hmm. you ever seen anyone burst into tears where tears just come out um, <laughs> like horizontally out of their face? It was just, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my this, gosh. This guy is like, how do you know that? And I said, mate, everything you've shared with me has shown me something of your heart and your spirit. Wow. And I can see the love that's inside of you. Mm -hmm. Now it was a funny time because he no one in his entire life had ever said anything like that to him before. And uh, he said, he said, Matt, can I tell you, a, tell you a secret? And I said, yeah, go for it. He goes, when I walked in here, I thought you were going to be in a black uh, robe with a white collar and you're going to get the holy water out and start casting demons out of me. <laughs> and um, I said to him, mate, that's what love does. Yeah. Wow. Love does all of that. Yeah. And so for me, it was learning that place of grace for myself. And that was a journey, Zoe, like it took me a time because I just didn't have those people around me at the time. I, I'm so big on community now. I'm so big on connecting with people and sitting with people. Mm. I wasn't back then. Mm. And so God showed me the power of connection. He showed me the power of love. He showed me the power of grace. He showed me the power of forgiveness. Uh, and in that I discovered so much more about the people that sat with me. So mm. now, like even sitting with the two of you and, and Jenna, like I said, uh, sitting with you is an absolute joy. And Zoe, every single time I sit with you, I walk away buzzing with the Holy Spirit because there's mm -hmm. so much wonder in you. There's so much hope that is in you. There's so much eagerness for the kingdom of God that is in you. <clears throat> so I find myself sitting with you wanting to know the next thing that you're doing, <laughs> wanting to hear what the spirit of God is stirring inside of you. And so when I sit with the two of you, I see this beautiful combination of the mystic and the, and the, and the miracle working power of God that actually come together as one. And again, you start seeing something of that. And so what does that mean? Well, I don't know all of your stories. Mm -hmm. What what I do know is the way that you've allowed me to see your hearts mm -hmm. and in calling that forward. Well, I don't reckon that takes a uh, degree in rocket science to work that out. <laughs> it's just stopping for long enough to listen to the people who are in front of you. And I think listening is one of the most beautiful acts of love that we can give. And if it's an act of love, it's an act of God and fear gets driven away in those moments. Mm. Come on. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we're feeling the rest right feeling now. The, rest. the kingdom is advancing. <laughs> Thank you so much, Matt. We just so have enjoyed this. And I just want to encourage you listening that Matt just said, um, Matt, you just said that you haven't always been someone that stopped and had and could listen well or saw the person, loved the person, that kind of thing. Um, 
do you know that blows me away because ever since we've met mm-hmm. you a few years ago that has not been my experience it's been the exact opposite and I just think there's just such encouragement in this for people listening for all of us even now that um how you are today isn't how you have to be in five years time you actually get to choose how you want to live your life and the commitment you want to live to loving others <laughs> that actually you get to have a choice in that if you haven't loved well up until now if you've had some hard things happen do you know what that's actually okay you get to choose how you want the rest of your life to look and Matt you're just living proof of that through your stories there and um, I know there's a lot more that gets unfolded in the book so thank you for sharing <laughs> Oh, oh, it's my, my pleasure, Jenna and Zoe. Yeah. It's always a joy to hang out with you two. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, my goodness. And I'm just thinking, like, I, I, love, I love how you when you called out from us and our identity. And um, I'm even thinking, okay, every time I love someone, well, I'm expanding the kingdom. So I'm like, yes, let's do this. Let's love more people well. <laughs> you know, it's like fires so me up. And I think, you know, um, I just, I just um, feel so blessed and so encouraged right now. I want to thank you guys. You know, Matt, you can get hold of him. As we've said earlier, we're going to pop up some links, but on Greater Things International, Matt isn't just an amazing author. He's also an amazing mentor. And so you can do mentoring with him, prophetic mentoring with him, um, dreams and deliverance. There's just so much more. Um, You will not regret reaching out and contacting him and um, your life will be changed we can just guarantee that for the better <laughs> and and so um you know in any way in any form reach out to matt reach out to greater things international and um it's gonna be amazing thanks so thank you um, have fun on the 10th when the book gets officially released we'll be partying with you from here <laughs> and we'll, uh, we'll talk to you again soon mm-hmm.